When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. All right, Virginia! Sweeney, a Democrat, had been the state Senate president for 12 years. Republican Ed Durr beat him by roughly 2,300 votes. Big warning signs tonight for Democrats as the upset in Virginia and tighter than expected results in New Jersey put President Biden's agenda and Democratic control of Congress in jeopardy. People are upset and uncertain about a lot of things. On this episode of Newt's World, We're going to talk about the 2021 elections and what that means for the future. I would describe it as we have been here before. In 1992, Bill Clinton got elected president, claiming to be a moderate and promptly moved to the left, alienated the country. And in 1994, we had a landslide. But before that, in 1993, he'd already sufficiently alienated the country that we won the mayors of New York and Los Angeles. We won the governors of Virginia and New Jersey. And you could sense the landslide coming. In 2008, Barack Obama won, claiming to be a moderate, promptly moved to the left, alienated the country. And in the 2009 elections, we won the governorships of New Jersey and Virginia, and we picked up a number of other seats, and you could feel what was coming. The precursor in 1993 of Republican victories led to a 54-seat gain in the House and a majority in the Senate and a Republican victory across the board. 
at state legislature and at governor, which we have never actually receded from. We gained a majority among state legislators, about 4,000 out of the 7,000, and we've consistently been dominant ever since. In the 2010 election with John Boehner waging a campaign on where are the jobs, building on the degree to which the country was mad about the way Obama had moved to the left, we picked up 64 seats, more than we did in 1994, and we again established a baseline that was very, very powerful. So where are we this year? Almost exactly identical. Biden, remember, was hiding in the basement, claiming to bring us together. If you read his inaugural address, it's all about how we're all going to work with each other. And then, of course, he went to the hard left, joined the big government socialists, and began trying to pass legislation while opening up the American border, mishandling the withdrawal from Afghanistan, allowing inflation to spin out of control, cutting off American energy production while begging the Russians and the Saudis to step in and sell oil and gas to the United States. And people came to the conclusion that the number one thing you can say about big government socialism is it just doesn't work. So at a personal level, people were angry and scared because everything was going up in price, food, heating oil for the winter, gasoline every time you wanted to fill up your car. And so we had an election that was amazing. And those of us who've been here before in 1991 and in 2009, we sort of thought this was going to happen, but it happened deeper and more broadly than I expected. Of course, the great national focus was on Glenn Youngkin winning, uh, beating former Governor Terry McAuliffe. Youngkin got 50.7%, McAuliffe got 48.5%. This is in a state, by the way, where Biden got 54% of the vote. So you had a six-point swing away from the Democrats. The six-point swing, if you apply it to the whole country, leads to an annihilation. I personally have predicted that we will pick up at least four Senate seats and somewhere between 40 and 70 House seats in the 2022 election. But, you know, you don't have to believe me. Listen to the words of our esteemed Vice President Kamala Harris, who said in Virginia over the weekend, knowing that the polls were bad, quote, what happens in Virginia will in large part determine what happens in 2022, 2024, and so on. I'm not making this up. Just listen to her in her own words. Because you see, what happens in Virginia will in large part determine what happens in 2022, 2024, and on. Now, I totally agree with Vice President Harris. That shocks audiences. And then I'm going to quote what she said. Because basically she's saying, given the results in Virginia, that we're going to have a Republican sweep. And I think she's right, both in 22 and in 24. But let me give you more data. Sticking to the governor's race in Virginia as a starting point, this is all based on exit polls. 54% of the independents voted for Yunkin. That was a change from 2020 when 57% of the independents voted for Biden. So you're talking about a really big swing here of some 11 points. 57% of white women voted for Yunkin. 43% voted for McAuliffe. That compares to 2020, when half the white women voted for Biden and 49% voted for Trump. So again, you're talking about a significant switch. 
87% of black voters voted for McAuliffe versus 13% for Youngkin. But in 2020, 89% of the black voters voted for Biden and 10% voted for Trump. So Youngkin was running three percentage points ahead of Trump among African-Americans. 51% of the voters think that parents should have a lot of say in what their child's school teaches. And that was 76% of the Youngkin voters, only 23% of the McAuliffe voters. It gives you a flavor of what was going on. 10% think parents should not have much say. They voted 88% for McAuliffe and 12% for Youngkin. So if you really believe that the bureaucrats and the government employees should be in charge, you voted for McAuliffe by a huge margin. If you really believe that parents and families should be in charge, you voted for Youngkin by a large margin. When you said, who do you trust to handle the economy? It was 43% Youngkin, 40% McAuliffe. Again and again, these kind of things came up. And I think it's a very important thing to understand that one of the things that really galvanized the race, when McAuliffe in a debate said that parents shouldn't tell schools what to teach, the fight over that, Youngkin saying, of course, parents should have an impact in their schools, and McAuliffe doubling down on parents not having an impact. The result was that education went from third on the list to first with a ranking of 24%. 23% said the economy was important. 10% said COVID. 9% said abortion. 7% said crime and public safety. And 6% said taxes. The Scott Rasmussen poll found that the top issues for Youngkin voters were education, immigration, inflation, and the economy. The top issues for McAuliffe voters were COVID, education, inflation, and the economy. Now, notice both groups agree on education, inflation, and the economy. And so that's going to remain, I think, core issues for 2022 and probably 2024. On the issue of gender and bathrooms, Rasmussen found that 57% of Virginia voters believe that high school students should use the bathroom of their biological gender. 33% disagreed. That broke pretty decisively. 80% of the Yunkin voters believe students should be required to use the bathroom of their biological sex. 54% of McAuliffe voters believe students should be able to choose to use the bathroom of the gender that they identify with, not necessarily the one they were born with. So again, you see really significant splits in what people believe. Now, fascinating thing about Virginia was not just did Yunkin win, first Republican to win statewide since 2009, but Winsome Sears who originally was an immigrant from Jamaica, served in the U.S. military, a very smart person. She won to become the first lieutenant governor to be a black woman. I think she's going to really add to the ticket. At the same time, the attorney general's race, which has not technically been called, but Jason Meares, the Republican, is currently leading over the Democratic incumbent by about the same margin as Yunkin. And I frankly don't know why it hasn't been called yet, because it's pretty obvious that the margin of votes is so big that Miaris won. Miaris is the child of Cuban refugees. So you had in the Republican ticket, a genuinely balanced ticket that really reached across a very great deal of Virginia, much more diverse than you would have had 20 years ago in the Republican Party. However, I have to say, I think the most interesting race was not in Virginia. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., 
That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at Play play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The most interesting race maybe in the whole country was in New Jersey, and I'm not talking about the governor's race, which I'll get to in a minute. Conservative truck driver Ed Durr decided to run against the president of the state senate in New Jersey. President of the state Senate in New Jersey had several million dollars in his war chest. Durr went out and just went door to door, shaking hands, talking to people. The last filing report, which is 11 days before the election, Durr so far had spent $153, of which $66 went to Dunkin' Donuts to buy coffee and donuts for his staff. Now, on $153, he defeated the incumbent president of the New Jersey Senate. I want you to think about that. I mean, for a professional consultant class, this could be a disaster. It cost him four-tenths of a penny per vote. It's an amazing achievement. He just went around for months, knocked on doors, shook hands, talked to people, and it tells you how fed up people are that they threw out the president of the state Senate for a campaign which had spent $153. And I think it's one of the most fascinating, as a friend of mine who wrote me and sent me the information said, 
isn't America a great place that only in America could you throw out somebody who's that powerful with virtually no expenditures just because you're willing to work hard and see people? Now, it looks like as of right now, we will almost but not quite win the governorship. Jack Cittarelli, who ran a great race, former assembly member, very underfunded compared to Virginia, frankly ignored by the media compared with Virginia. He came very, very close. And finally, only the votes of the really big Democratic counties coming in at the last minute saved Murphy, the governor. But look at the differences that we're talking about. Biden received 57% of the vote. The last time when Murphy ran, he won by a very big margin. That all shrank down to a couple thousand votes. And with a few breaks, Chitterelli would have won. And I suspect Chitterelli has a real future. New Jersey is the most expensive state in the country, has the highest tax rate in the country. And I think people are fed up with it. In fact, we got close enough and had enough momentum that we had won a number of seats. We are actually picking up seats in the Assembly and seats in the State Senate. We're not going to quite be to a majority yet because we started from pretty far behind, but we're going to be much closer to a majority and in pretty good shape to potentially win control of the State Assembly come next election in two years. So other places, things are fascinating. In Seattle, this is one of the centers of truly stupid ideas. This is a place where you had an area that claimed to have seceded from the country. The early results indicate that Ann Davison, who's the Republican city attorney, was winning 59 to 41. So here you had a clear choice in a very liberal city. I mean, the idea of King County in Seattle electing a Republican is unimaginable. And that gives you a sense that she is going to be much tougher on prosecuting people who break the law. And I think that you're going to see real change but the very notion that you could have a Republican winning in Seattle for city attorney, that's a revolutionary future. In Minneapolis, the site of the initial rioting last summer, people rejected the idea of replacing the police department by 56 to 44 and just said no, that they thought at a time you have rising crime rates, it was goofy to think that you're going to repeal the police department, and turn over the power to elected officials to invent something new. People were very turned off by the fact they didn't have actually a proposal to replace it. In Pennsylvania, a couple of very significant things. In Montgomery County, which has become a liberal bastion in the Philadelphia suburbs, an area where Biden won 319,000 votes, Republicans won all four open school board seats in Perkamon School Board, a remarkable turnaround, and I think that it's a flavor of things to come. In Lancaster County, which had gone Democrat, the Democrats lost both the county commission and the school board, and Lancaster had become a very important swing county, and it bodes very well for Republicans next year in both the state races and in the U.S. Senate seat. Pennsylvania Supreme Court, two Republican candidates, Kevin Brobson got 52.6% to win Megan Sullivan got 55.8% to win. In New York State, what's fascinating is the Democrats had put a series of things on that kind of resemble H.R. 1, the Corrupt Politicians Act, that the Democrats have been pushing to change election law. They wanted to change the redistricting process so they could gerrymander it easier. Voters turned them down 61 to 39. They wanted to have the legislature pass same-day voter registration so people could just walk in, claim who they were, go ahead and vote. 
The voters turned that down, 63 to 37. They wanted to let the legislature pass no-excuse absentee balloting, so you could ballot absentee no matter what. The voters turned that down, 61 to 40. Even in New York, a very blue state, historically a very liberal state, you have a consistent 61 to 63 percent majority against the kind of changes the Democrats are trying to get in the Congress to fundamentally shift our election law. Over on Long Island, there was a remarkable run. In Nassau, the career local prosecutor, Ann Donnelly, upset the Democratic State Senator Todd Kaminsky, who's a former federal prosecutor, but somebody who had voted for the 2019 law that eliminated cash bail for defendants. And the result is that Donnelly, who was the deputy chief of the Nassau District Attorney's Organized Crime and Rackets Bureau, won 60% of the vote to defeat Kaminsky. In Suffolk County, Republican Ray Tierney beat the incumbent district attorney, Tim Sinney, who'd been in office since 2018, with 54% of the vote in favor of enforcing the law. So you're beginning to see a real pattern in New York moving in the direction that we're talking about. In Texas, there was a special election for San Antonio House District 118 in the state legislature, and Lujan, who's a Republican, won. He got 51% of the vote. And this is a district which is a Biden plus 14. He carried it by 14 percentage points, and it's 73% Hispanic. In the South Lake Texas School Board, Andrew Yeager, who's a TV sales executive, beat Stephanie Williams for a spot on the South Lake Texas School Board. Yeager was supported by the South Lake Families Canada Committee, who are openly against critical race theory. That gave conservatives, for the first time, a majority control of the school board. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. 
The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. You're seeing these kind of patterns around the country, and I think there are a couple of lessons here. One, the American people are already unhappy. I believe that the big government socialists can't change who they are. I think they're going to continue to do things that are destructive. This most recent proposal, for example, to give illegal immigrants $450,000 apiece as a way of saying we're sorry, that kind of stuff I think is just not going to work. And the result is going to be, I think, substantial continued increased anger. We haven't seen anything like the inflation that's coming. I say that based on my experience with the Carter years, where once inflation gets out of control, it can get worse very rapidly. We haven't yet come to grips with how really bad the whole border problem is going to become. And of course, you send a signal around the world, you might get $450,000 if you can break the law and enter the U.S. as an illegal immigrant. The number of people going to try to come here next year will be astounding. We have no real progress yet on reforming and modernizing the Defense Department and the intelligence community as we watch the Chinese grow more aggressive and make major investments. So there are a lot of things going on. My guess is, having gone through this first in 1979-80 when inflation and foreign policy crises, remember the hostages held by the Iranians which in a crisis which lasted 444 days, you could see the system decaying, and Reagan ultimately won the largest electoral college vote against any incumbent president in modern history. Similarly, in 1993-94, you could feel people getting disaffected. Now, whether it is people chanting, let's go, Brandon, or it is people booing the head of Major League Baseball, or it's a variety of other expressions of discontent, what you're seeing begin to build is a sense that it ain't working. We're not happy with it. We don't think these guys are competent. And frankly, President Biden falling asleep at the global warming conference probably didn't increase any sense of confidence in what he's doing. And the reports we're getting back now from leaders of foreign countries he met with are very grim in terms of his inability to stay on topic and his inability to remember why they were meeting. My judgment is this will all get worse. And Kamala Harris, in fact, will be a part of that because she's so strange. You have to ask yourself, how could anybody who wants to make a pro-space video in which young people are talked to about space and express how excited they are, how could anybody then decide to use child actors? And yet, of course, that's exactly what they did. The child actors, frankly, look pretty bored. And Kamala Harris looked pretty bored. If you haven't seen that, you ought to And we'll have a link on our show page at newtsworld.com so you can see exactly how goofy that was. And so you have an administration which I think is going to have a very, very hard time getting back into the game. And therefore, I think that we're likely to see continued movement towards the Republican Party. And I think that the country is going to want, first of all, to get away from the big government socialists. Part of the reason I wrote my brand new book, which just came out, Beyond Biden, is because I wanted to communicate that we have to solve the country's great problems. 
we can't just be anti-Biden or anti-Harris or anti-Schumer or anti-Pelosi. We have to have a positive program of what we're going to do to get America modernized and in shape to compete head-on with China and win, to ensure that every American has a good education. And that's where the Yunkin focus on dramatically improving education, I thought was a very encouraging sign. He's the first Republican I know who really made education the centerpiece of the campaign. It worked. And in fact, he built a much broader coalition because many parents think of themselves as parents first, not Democrat or Republican. But what's going to be good for their children? And I think that Youngkin appealed to that and was in a position where people came to the conclusion that he was serious about it. So I think that we could have one of the great revolutionary moments in American history developing in a period where, as we're seeing it, these local races, and I really emphasize the local races because you see there a national mood. I mean, I've described to you in New York, in Pennsylvania, in New Jersey, in Virginia, in Washington State, around Seattle. Every time you turn around, you're finding that there are these rebellions underway. I think they're going to accelerate. I think as people think about when Terry McAuliffe said the last weekend that there are too many white teachers, you couldn't be more overtly racist. I mean, you could say there are too many bad teachers, or you can say we need more good teachers. By the way, it's also just ignorant. McAuliffe is very typical of the modern radical Democrat who doesn't think about any of this and is sitting in some ivory tower making up some theory like critical race theory and writing 12 books and getting paid an absurd amount of money by giant corporations who have proven that they also are brain dead because they're busy trying to implement policies that make no sense. And when you end up with, as one mother said, her seven-year-old daughter coming home and saying, mother, am I evil because I was born white? Well, you know the country's not going to respond positively. And you know, by the way, that virtually every mother of every ethnic background is going to understand that. And they're going to think about their child. So it's truly tragic that we finally broke away from segregation. We were finally moving towards integration. And we now have this sort of brand new racism on the left, trying to push us back down into being divided up once again. And I think what you saw all across the country in school board elections, county commission elections, city elections, and of course in state legislative races, is you saw the American people beginning to respond and beginning to say, no, that's not the future we want. So I'm personally very encouraged. I think this was a historic election. I think that it'll be fascinating to watch Yunkin, who's a very smart guy, a very, very good manager, and who I think is determined, as he kept saying, to start change on day one. And I think that's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. And it's going to give a lot of other Republicans some pretty good reform ideas and some pretty good things to learn from. And it's going to enrich dramatically our campaign in 2022. And I can tell you that back in 1993-94, we relied very heavily on the governors. It was Wisconsin, Michigan, and Virginia, which had passed welfare reform, which we borrowed. It was Wisconsin, which had passed school choice, which we borrowed. But our ability to reach out and get the best ideas from the governors gave us a much greater capacity to get things done. It's been fascinating to me watching the conversations, particularly on the more pro-democratic networks, 
as they talk about how maybe this could all be fixed if only Biden could pass infrastructure or whatever. And I think it tells you a lot about what's happening to the Democratic Party. The average American doesn't get up in the morning and say, oh, gosh, I sure hope they pass that bill, whatever the bill is. The average American does get up in the morning and go fill up their car. And if they suddenly realize what the price of gasoline is, and then they go over to the grocery store and they realize what the price of food is, and then they look at Christmas gifts and realize that they may not be able to get them, and then they look at the number of people flooding across the border, and then they read about last night's murder rate in their town, those things are real. And one of the characteristics of the Virginia race that I found fascinating was that Yunkin was consistently advertising about children, parents, schools, jobs, things that were in your life, not in politics. And by contrast, McAuliffe was consistently advertising about Donald Trump, January 6th, and political things. Well, most Americans don't get up in the morning and worry about January 6th. Most Americans don't get up in the morning, frankly, and worry about any politician. And I think it just tells you that the Democrats have now become a Washington-centric party that greatly exaggerates the impact of what they're doing in Washington and completely misses what's happening in everyday life for most Americans. And I think in the next year, we're going to have a great opportunity, not just in watching and learning from Glenn Youngkin, but in looking at all the Republican governors and the state legislators and realizing that however totally screwed up Washington is right now, that there are a lot of capitals out there of states where good things are happening and where the national Republicans can learn a great deal. So I leave last night's results with a great sense of optimism and a great commitment to continue developing things. And that's why I wrote Beyond Biden, because I do think you're going to have a country that's eager and ready to talk about what are the good things we can do, as opposed to how really stupid the current leadership is. Thank you very much for letting me give you these thoughts about the election and where we're at. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Sloan. And our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zip. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.